0: It's February 20th, 2015, and you're listening to the Architecture Happy Hour. I'm Laura. And I'm Larry. And it's a two-drink minimum, so grab your glass and let's get started.
1: Well, welcome back, everybody. We've been on quite the hiatus
0: yeah, Happy New Year! Happy New
1: Year. past, way past New Year.
0: You know what's new a good seven, eight <laughs> weeks past the New Year? No yeah. big deal.
1: Yeah, we haven't talked to you since since before then, so it's <laughs> been a while since since uh, the last time. But we were on pre- what I call pregnancy hiatus. But I guess <laughs> technically, you already had already had uh, Nathan. Yes, the baby so.
0: came in September, and uh, he is just the cutest little guy. He's all smiles and. We got through the rough patch those first couple months, and uh, now it's smooth sailing. He's a good little baby and kind of just goes with the flow. I've I've heard that second is much more relaxed and easy to deal with. So well,
1: all I've heard is that you know no two are the same. That is true. And like usually one will be the polar opposite of the other. And I don't know if that's necessarily true or not, but. You know, well, and you'll, yeah, you'll find out as he gets older. How yeah,
0: that could be part of the first-born versus second-born phenomenon, too. True, true.
1: So, uh, you came back at the beginning of January, and I think we just essentially hit the ground running.
0: Yeah, I think, poor Larry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. He was a trooper and took over my projects while I was out. Yeah. So, you were ready to hand them back, weren't I was you? So, well Well, and I, of course,
1: you know, I I was gone for the last two weeks in December. I just said... We're done. Right, of course. I'm taking taking the last two weeks off. Don't call me. Don't email me. (laughs) If the house is burning down, you know you're we're working on for you. Call the fire department first, and then I'll catch up to you when I get back in January. Right. It was really kind of a nice decompressing two weeks, actually.
0: Right. So we hit the ground running in January and have been busy.
1: Obviously, since it's the end of February and we're just now podcasting. (laughs) Yeah, exactly.
0: That's evidence. Yeah, so uh, what else has been going on? I mean, it seems like a
1: lot's happened in the last, what, five months?
0: Yeah, well, just this past week, we had our fifth anniversary Yay. happy hour. Yeah, Yay. our networking group has been around for five years. Which is stunning I to I can't us. believe it. Like, holy cow. But we had a wonderful turnout and a great party, and mm-hmm. lots of really nice folks came out to congratulate and enjoy
1: yeah, and actually we had some people who had been there since the first one. Yes. And uh, actually one of them, um, Dawn, who came to the very first one, she, she jokingly said, she goes, well, I only ever get to come to the anniversary parties now because I'm just too busy.
0: <laughs> but she stuck around for all these years. so Yeah. yeah, yeah so we've gotten really to nice. know her well. And you and I have gotten busy out on the volunteering front.
1: Yeah, I don't know how we're, we're squeezing this extra Yeah, in, I don't know but, when uh, we
0: thought that was a good idea. Yeah,
1: well, we got, <laughs> uh, um, we were approached by AIA Dallas about co-chairing the Small Firms Roundtable. And I think we got kind of the hard press from the uh, current president, um,
0: Bob Bullis. They were just so flattering and feeding yeah. our egos. How we're, could we turn them down?
1: <laughs> we love what you're doing with the happy hour and the social media stuff and the blogging and blah, 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 blah. And here we are.
0: Yeah. So, so would you please take over this committee?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we're getting, trying to get settled into that. We're, we're, I think, that weird start of the year trying to find our place and find out what we're really going to do. Um we're trying to convince everyone that we just don't have to give them just continuing education credits so that we can actually do more with the group, but um,
0: Yeah, I don't think they're gonna buy that.
1: Yeah, I know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so we'll be in we'll be working in the next few weeks to finalize our calendar and get that figure out what kind of programs we're gonna put together for that group and who so knows, see where else? the year takes us. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Well when we just had a um, an event with IKEA too, which was was interesting. Yeah, that was fun. We haven't done that in a couple of years, and um, our contact at the IKEA store here in Frisco has returned and contacted us, and so we had our, I guess it was a kitchen launch party?
0: Yeah, because IKEA has just released a new entire kitchen line um, with some really exciting kind of innovative things, and so they invited us to come join them for breakfast, a morning meeting, and uh, they gave us kind of a private tour, which was really fun, and got to see it up close and personal. You know,
1: anytime you can walk around an Ikea with nobody else, that's just awesome. Oh, yeah, you could (laughs) tell right
0: at 10 o'clock when the the store opened to the public and the ladies with the strollers started walking through, and we were like, (gasps) no, it's time to go. They're open. Yeah, so it was nice having it all to ourselves. Yeah, yeah. Well, and
1: um, because we have nothing else to do, or I have nothing else to do, I'm actually the board chair for the North Texas GLBT chamber this year. Yeah. So I get to, you know, do that for this year and possibly the next. So somewhere between, you know, Small Firms Roundtable and the Chamber and the Architecture Happy Hour and
0: Podcasting and Blogging, I think we've actually been able to do some architecture. I hope so. We have quite a few remodel projects in the office, so that's yeah. kind of fun. Yeah.
1: Well, and one of the things that we we noticed, you know, because it's been a busy seven weeks to start the year, really. Um, but one of the things that we noticed we wanted to talk about today was just how we are having to sort of reset some client expectations. You know, we we have gotten so used to when the economy turned, we got so used to things being a little slower, and you could spend more time with the client, and projects could happen faster because you didn't have, you know, multiple projects necessarily going at the same time.
0: And but you have a the, spread. And between. the undivided attention of the contractors, right, too.
1: Right. Wow. And their and subs. Right. So going into this year, we're realizing that, you know, everyone's really busy. Everyone's busy. Not just us. The contractors, the subs, the realtors, you name it, everyone you talk to says, oh, my gosh, you know, this has just been, been crazy. And so as we get involved in projects now, we're starting to, you know, having to talk with the clients and say, okay. It's gonna take a little longer and it may be more than what you're expecting to spend and here's what's going on and try to sort of reset some of that so that they're not surprised you know we have a client a client currently who you know um, Laura's been working with and we got to the end of the the bidding process and realized oh my gosh here we are and it's costing her I think we were I won't say how much over budget, but I mean we were surprisingly over budget. Yeah,
0: it was probably a good thirty to thirty to forty percent. Yeah, more than we were expecting.
1: Yeah, and you know some of that just comes from things have changed so much that you're you know how do you how you're estimating and how things are working out and what you can get for your dollar is changing a lot.
0: Well, and what the original request was, you know, for certain areas of the house to be renovated and then an addition over the garage. And then, so through the design process and discovery and designing and really getting to know the house and what was possible and what wasn't, um, the scope changed. And sometimes we call it scope creep because mm-hmm. you get in there and you say, "Oh, well, we're we're going to redo this shower, so we might as well do a new vanity." And while we're at it, let's go ahead and do a you know a rainhead shower head and, you know, just all these little things kind of get added in. And, oh, by the way, can we do a custom closet? And, oh, by the way, I really would like to redo the (laughs) floors. And, you know, just kind of little things add up. So by themselves, they probably wouldn't be that much of, you know, a change to the whole thing. But when you start adding them up, then Mm -hmm. it starts to to impact.
1: I think we've talked about that in the past, too, what we call the might as well. Yes. You know, those might as wells. And so here we are with a client. We're having to, okay, well, now here we are. Let's backtrack a little bit and let's try to reset what we think is going to be possible.
0: Right. So something I've learned just in the last couple months is that I need to, to do a better job of really documenting, first of all, really well documentation of the initial scope of what the client's asking for. And then every time that changes, I think I'm going to start writing down very specifically what that change was, how it was requested, when it was requested, and what that involved, so that we can really kind of have a paper trail of how did we get to where we are? Because right now, we're now in this situation where we've got a budget that is not fitting the scope of work anymore. And I think we're going to have to, you know, we're having to kind of backtrack and and reduce what we're able to get in the renovation, and it's it's disappointing. I mean, I yeah. feel bad, and she's sad, and you know, she had her hopes set on this, you know, certain amount of square footage, and um, it's we're having to make some compromises. And I and I think we'll get there, and in the end, it'll be a really great project. But it is kind of upsetting when mm-hmm. you go past where you should have stopped yeah. um, in the drawing and design. Yeah. portion of it and then when you really get the hard numbers back from the subs yeah. and you think oh wow yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> the, the well, extra well, that extra 300 square feet actually does cost money, money. Yeah, yeah you can't yeah. just throw that in well you know the other thing
1: too is is that i mean it's that idea that you know if we had set the client expectation that we're going to try to give you everything you want we're going to draw this this has everything that you want in it And then let's see where we are. And then if we have to reduce, we'll reduce at that point. But, of course, we didn't go into it that way.
0: Yeah, well, and it's hard because you don't – I don't know that I've ever hit the budget number right on the head with the very first try. Not a
1: million years. No, no.
0: that's extremely hard to do. So you really do kind of have to give it your best shot. You know, be as conservative as you can realistically, Mm -hmm. but – You know, and then just see what it's going to cost and and sort of edit and regroup from there. So it is kind of part of the process of working with an architect or a contractor, you know, even if you don't have a designer on the project, um, until you get those estimates back from the subs, you just don't know for sure. So that's one of the things we wanted to share with all of you today was um, if you are starting a project or thinking about starting a project, um, really take a hard look at your budget and, your expectations of what you want to get out of the the design process right. um, and then communicate over communicate with your designer architect contractor anybody involved yeah to make sure that you don't get down the road and go how did we get here
1: yeah why why am I why is this twice what I was expecting and you now sometimes there are cases where you know, costs are beyond anyone's control. You know, if uh, I tell clients, I said, look, this is where we are right now. there's a hurricane tomorrow or a tornado, lumber prices could jump 30%. Mm-hmm. You know, construction material prices can jump 40%. But we've seen copper double overnight.
0: Yeah, we've been dealing with that with steel for yeah. the last couple of
1: years. So you know, there are sometimes those things beyond your control. And no matter what level of expectation you set, it's never going to be, you know, it's going to get blown the minute that happens.
0: Right, so another thing that you can do going into the process to sort of set yourself up for a better expectation is is to prioritize. So the thing that is absolutely the most important, that's the deal breaker of the whole project, get that out there first. And then you might have a list of things that are things that you would be okay compromising with, or that right. if you had to reduce down in the end, that would be okay. Um, but really clearly communicate the things that are are critical. Really, really important to you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. yeah the, absolutely. The whole point of doing the project in the first place. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, we really think we have to have this, but if we can get these other things too, that's great. Yeah. But we have to have this. Well, I think, you know, a, a good example of that was, you know, mine and James's house. You know, what we planned for came in, you know, more than what we were expecting, more than what the neighborhood was going to support. But in the long run, we looked at it and we said, these are the things that are important to us. This is what we want to get out of it. And that's what we got. We got the really the most important items and we still managed to maintain a decent budget and um stay in the footprint of our house. Yeah,
0: cuz you all had this exact experience. You yeah. really had the dream of of adding a second story and when it all came down to it it just wasn't feasible. Yeah. So you did have to backtrack and and sort of redesign a little bit to keep it within the footprint. Yeah. So Yeah. Um Well, and another thing that you can do that I, in fact, I just talked with this client today about was I said, well, what's driving this certain number of square feet that you want to add? What's, what's behind that number? Mm -hmm. Thinking that it was, she had previously lived in an apartment of that square footage and she knew that's how much she needed. Mm -hmm. And she told me that she just kind of basically liked the idea of that number. And that that seemed like the right amount of square footage to, to get the airiness and the open feeling that she was wanting. Mm -hmm. And so those two things are not necessarily connected. So we can potentially give her that open and airiness feeling that she's asking for in less square footage. If we do it in the right way. The other thing too, is she's wanting to put an office, a exercise area and potentially a guest bed in this space and We need to make sure that we have very accurately dimensioned, you know, measured her furniture Mm -hmm. and do a furniture layout. And we haven't done that yet. And so when it comes down to reducing the square footage of this addition, if it comes to that, I want to make sure that we know exactly where her furniture is going and she's happy with it, that it's going to function the way that she wants to. And maybe we have the opportunity to show her, you know what, you don't even need those extra 200 square feet. Right. Let's, you know, you can do exactly what you're asking for in a smaller amount, and then that's going to be less money to heat and cool and, you know, less materials. And so that's another way to look at it too is, be very clear about what you're asking for and why you're asking for it and, and communicate what you're trying to accomplish because, you know, just asking for a number on false (laughs) reasons or for reasons that maybe are not completely, um, dependent on the outcome. It's, oh yeah, well definitely. There's a couple different ways to get there.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, and, and I was thinking back, um, I've got a project that's finishing up and, um, the client has you know it's, we're behind schedule. it's just the way it is. but in the course of the project we've had the client also you know, make, make a number of changes, order some materials late, you know those sorts of things. And I don't think anyone ever set them down. You know, I know I certainly did. I don't the contractor did and, and said, okay, for every time we change something, we have to add this much time. Or every time you order something online and it's late we're going to have to add that time because we're expecting things to happen in a certain way. So, um, you know, we're we're a little bit behind. We're, we're like right on the cusp of finishing up and everything was looking really, really great. But there's furniture being delivered and appliances being delivered and we're not ready for install yet. And But they're sitting there piled in the living room. <laughs> Luckily, they've put paper over the hardwood so they're not getting damaged. But you're just, you know, no no one thought, you know, Maybe we need to go through this process and say, hey, here's what's going to happen if and when, and kind of set that expectation up that there may be some added time so that he knows that that's coming down the road instead of just being surprised and not understanding. you know, Right. Why, why weren't the framing guys out of my place today? Well, here's why. Yeah, yeah they've got three other projects they're trying yeah, to work on. So they're on. trying to yeah. rotate their time and, and be fair to everyone, but no one sets those expectations because... You know, I guess we just don't necessarily think about it.
0: Yeah, that may be something that we implement into our, just our project management Mm -hmm. um, efforts in the beginning is to, again, control those expectations. And, like, we have expectations of you, Mr. or Mrs. Homeowner. And if you want to do your own purchasing, that's fine. But here's the schedule you need to do that within. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's... um it's been well. Needless to say, it's been an interesting seven weeks. It has
0: <laughs> lots of lessons learned. You think yeah. we've been doing this long enough? To
1: oh yeah. Well, you know, Holly always <laughs> says there's always something to learn. You know, she's every been doing this topic. for so long. She said every thing. You know, there's always something new to learn. Always something. You know, new product, new process, new you know whatever. It's just there's mm-hmm. always something to learn in architecture. And until you know, she stops working or drops dead at her desk, or whichever one it is, oh my goodness, <laughs> Zabel, Don't say that. you know, uh well, I have a hard time imagining her retiring, uh so I just picture her you know being in her desk for her you know till her last day is just enjoying <laughs> herself. I'm getting to draw, this is fantastic, you know, um, but she seems there's always something to learn, yeah, so um, so yeah, if you're starting a project this year, just you know. Talk with your your contractor about what to expect, and talk to your architect about what to expect, and understand. Or that, call us, and we'll. Or call us, give and we'll walk you the through straight, the process yeah. too. Yeah, yeah. So um, I'm trying to think what else has happened this year. What's coming up? Or can't even, you know, what are our expectations for 2015? Some I mean, part of me says we're flying by the seat of our pants. <laughs>
0: Yeah, we're trying to plan as well as we can, but also yeah. be flexible. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, well, I think one of the things that, of course, I'm obsessed with right now is that I have rediscovered my love of quilting. I I just decided after this, after having our second baby, I had sort of put my personal interests on hold. You know, the things that I used to do for fun and make oh, sure. that made me happy because it was not just before our first baby; it was. The two years before that when i was studying for my exams and trying to become a licensed architect mm-hmm. and all of these things that that took my time and to the point where i forgot what i used to do for fun and that's oh, yeah that's no fun so i decided after <laughs> after uh, <laughs> returning to work that you know it's good for the boys to see me enjoying a hobby yeah and it's good for them to understand that that's a really important part of that's, yeah. You know your happiness. So I'm thrilled to to be able to dive back into my fabric stash and get my sewing machine out and and be creative. I mean, I I find myself getting excited about thinking about color and design and and I think that can only enhance what I do here at the office. You know, oh, sure. when, when I get to go to the tile showroom, I can play and think about patterns and and what you know what I can do in a client's bathroom or kitchen and and it overlaps very nicely with what I get to play with at home. So that's, I'm sure I'll be mentioning some of my projects you know, and what I'm oh, working on. Maybe uh, I can even do a couple blog posts on it. Well, there we go. If you all will humor me, but, uh, <laughs> you know,
1: well, but, I mean, I you know, think about it, it's, it's, you know it's design i mean really it absolutely is you know, yeah it's it's as much architecture as anything else my
0: mom always said that she could tell i was an architect by the quilts i made because my seams were perfect and all my corners met perfectly and mm-hmm. i i enjoy the construction of a quilt because there's a lot of math involved and a lot of precision cutting and and you know matching things and yeah. so it's it's fun and i'm I'm excited and, and I think I'm proud of myself for putting my interests, you know, in a priority in my, in my life so that I can enjoy that and have something to look forward to and yeah. not just go home and be mom <laughs> for the last few hours of the day and then, you know, go to bed exhausted. You know, uh, I can actually have something fun for me to look forward to.
1: Well, and, and I think, you know, for me for the 2015, and I've started doing this already is not paying attention to text messaging after about six o'clock. You know, I mean, I've got – my phone will buzz and buzz and buzz. And I thought, you know what? I'm home. There's – it's 730 at night or it's 830 at night. There's nothing Mm -hmm. that this can't wait until the morning for. And nine Mm -hmm. times out of ten, it usually resolves itself before I ever get around to, you know, looking for text messages. But I decided, you know, there's a – I guess it's a quality of life. I should expect to have some sort of, you know – Personal life separation. when I get home. <laughs> you know, unless, unless of course, I've, you know, I've got to get caught up on something or, you know, there's a client meeting coming up. I'm truly trying to get prepped for that I would expect that I would you know, devote some extra time to. But checking text messages in my emails at, you know, 10 o'clock at night is not doing me any good. Right. So over 2015, I think it's going to be telling clients, expect me not to respond. Uh-huh. And I will. Because it's it part did, of
0: expectations. Because I
1: did so good. When I told them, I'm out the last two weeks of the year, period.
0: Yeah. I just let everyone know. Don't expect know. a response.
1: And everyone was, okay, okay. well, Good. You know, we'll, we'll talk to you, when, we get, you know, when you get back. Mm-hmm. So I think the, the let's say idea is there, but the um, the realization is there when you're talking and when you're just direct with the client. This is the way it is. So they understand. Because yeah. they have lives, too, and they've got things. They've got kids going to soccer practice and... You know, dinner to go home and make or, you know, family to see on the weekend. So they get that, too. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, it's been uh, interesting. Yeah. Kind of getting caught up.
0: Well, and I want to hear from all of you. If you can come find us on Facebook, uh, Larry runs the Architecture Happy Hour Facebook page, and you can also find us at HPD Architecture. Um, We would love to hear from you. What do you do to prioritize your personal life, and how do you balance expectations Wow. And uh, check out our website, hpdarch.com. Larry's got some great blog posts there about his recent renovation that they finished last year. Yeah. Uh, so check that out.
1: Well and you can direct message us on Twitter. It's Arch Happy Hour and HPD Architecture. Mm-hmm. Just direct message us and let us know what your what your 2015 is shaping up like and and shaping up like. Boy, that sounds terrible, doesn't it? <laughs> can you tell
0: tell Larry's tired. Um, Well, and if you want to follow my my quilt quest, you can find me on Instagram for HPD Architecture also. Okay. Well, cool. And, of
1: course, as we always tell you, if you're in Dallas on the third Wednesday of the month, come to the Architecture Happy Hour. It's a lot of fun. We're getting about 175 people or so. Yeah, it's growing every Um, month. Different venue every month. You can find it on meetup.com, the Architecture Happy Hour. And come in and say hi and let us know that you've either been listening or... Not I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just uh, uh, just come and say hi, and and we'd love to have you there. It's that's always a lot of fun, a lot of fun people to meet.
0: Yeah.
1: So well, we will let you go for the for now. We'll see you next month at some point.
0: All right. We'll uh, take it easy.
1: Uh, you guys have a good weekend.
0: All right. Bye-bye.
1: Bye bye. Bye.